<clears throat> Could you turn your Bibles, please, to 1 Kings chapter 15? 1 Kings chapter 15. Verse 25, and I'll read to verse 34. 1 Kings 15 and verse 25. And Nadab the son of Jeroboam began to reign over Israel in the second year of Asa king of Judah, and reigned over Israel two years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin. And Baasha the son of Ahijah of the house of Issachar conspired against him. And Baasha smote him with, sorry, smote him at Gibbethon, which belongeth to the Philistines, for Nabab and all Israel laid siege to Gibbethon. Even in the third year of Asa, King of Judah did Baasha slay him and reigned in his stead. And it came to pass when he reigned that he smote all the house of Jeroboam. He left not to Jeroboam any that breathed until he had destroyed him, according to unto the saying of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Abijah the Shilonite. Because of the sins of Jeroboam which he sinned and which he made Israel sin, by his provocation wherewith he provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. And there was war between Asa and Baasha king of Israel all their days. In the third year of Asa king of Judah began Baasha the son of Ahijah to reign over all Israel in Tertzah twenty and four years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam and in his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin. And we'll be looking at that passage a little bit later on. I'd ask, ask uh, the Lord to bless our time in his word. Father, we do thank you for the privilege of being able to come to church Sunday nights. Uh, it's just a privilege that many people in the world don't have. And we thank you that we can come and worship you. We can come and hear your word and be with people of like faith and like mind. Father, we just pray now that as we've come that you might bless us as we open the word, that your Holy Spirit, Spirit might Lord, impress upon us any need that we might have, any challenge that we need. We pray that we'll be open to the Holy Spirit's ministry to our hearts. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'd ask you to keep a, a bookmark in 1 Kings 15 and just zip over quickly to 2 Chronicles and chapter 16. 2 Chronicles and chapter 16. <coughs> I'm wanting to share again uh, tonight on the life of King Asa. You might have guessed that. Uh, in 2 Chronicles 15, uh, some time ago, a few weeks ago, we learned how Asa responded positively to a message delivered by a prophet named Azariah. Azariah came to him out of the blue, gave him a word from the Lord, and Asa responded well to that. He obeyed the word of God. And he set about for the second time in his reign uh, to rid Judah of its idols. Uh, he even removed his mother from the throne because she had an idol. 
At the same time, we learned that he refurbished the altar in the temple and he called his people to keep the feast of the Lord, one of the great feasts of the Lord. In chapter 15 and verse 10, we read that the feast, this feast occurred in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn all with, the, with all their hearts. And that's not verse 10, that's verse 15. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And so up until this point, when you get to the end of 2 Chronicles chapter 15, up until this point in his reign, Asa was an excellent and a godly leader. Now this brings us to chapter 16, which I'll begin to look at tonight. Now um, I know that I won't get out of verse 1, so don't be too worried uh, if time is going and I'm still only in verse 1. That's just, that's just about as far as I'll get tonight. Now what we read in verse 1, um, we read what I've called the incursion. The incursion. Let me read 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 1. In the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha king of Israel came up against Judah and built Ramah to the, to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Now here we read that Baasha king of Judah came up against Baasha king of Israel, came up against Judah and took one of the cities in Judah. In fact, it's in Benjamin, which was a part of the nation of Judah. He took the city of Ramah. Now tonight, uh, from this verse, I want to ask four questions about this incursion into Judah's territory. I want to ask, what, uh, when did it happen? <laughs> who, did, who did this? Where it was? And what did it mean? That might seem obvious from the verse, so let's see. Firstly, when did this happen, this incursion of Baasha and his army into uh, the nation or the kingdom of, of Judah? Well, we read here, it was in the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. So that seems pretty straightforward. It was the 36th year of the reign of uh, Asa when this happened. But preachers hate these things. There's a problem. There's a problem with the 36th year of a Asa's reign. And we can find out what that problem was with this date by going back to that passage we read earlier in 1 Kings 15. So if you'd just like to flip back there, hopefully you put your bookmark in it, and I'll show you what's the problem with that date when it says that occurred. 1 Kings 15, and note verse 28. Even in the third year of Asa, king of Judah, did Baasha slay him and reigned in his stead. Uh, so um, here we read that Baasha becomes the king of Israel. He slayed the previous king in the third year of Asa. Now have a look at verse 33. In the third year of Asa, king of Judah began Baasha, the son of Ahijah, to reign over all Israel in Tirzah. That agrees with what it just said in verse 28. He came to, to uh, the throne in the third year of Asa and he reigned 24 years. 
So he would read that Baasha reigned 24 years, and that meant that he died in the 27th year of Asa's reign. He came, to, he came to the throne in the third year of Asa's reign. He reigned for 24 years, which means he died in the 27th year of Asa's reign. Now let's go back to 2 Chronicles 16. You'll see the problem. 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 1. In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. This verse tells us that Baasha invaded Israel in the thirty-sixth year of Asa's reign. But from what we just read in 1 Kings 15, <coughs> Baasha died nine years before this in the twenty-seventh year of Asa's reign. So it's not possible for him to invade Judah when he's dead. He died in the 27th year of Asa's reign, but this verse tells us that this occurred in the 36th year. So how can we match these two scriptures? And when did Baasha invade Judah? Now, um, this answer may not satisfy you, and if you've got a better one, that's terrific. Let me know. But here's one answer to, why, to how we can match these two scriptures. One answer is that the 36th year here, the reference to the 36th year, isn't referring just to Asa's time as king, but to the 36th year of the existence of the kingdom of Judah. Uh, one author said this, It is to be understood of the kingdom of Judah when it was divided from Israel. From that time to this were 36 years, 17 under Rehoboam, 3 under Bijam, so that this must be the 16th year of Asa. And so where it says, it says it was the reign of the 36th year of the reign of Asa, it's speaking about the 36th year of the, the establishment, since the establishment of the kingdom of Judah. And so we could replace the word reign here with the word kingdom in the 6th and 30th year of the kingdom of Asa. And there is, in fact, scripture warrant for replacing this word reign with the word kingdom. The Hebrew, Hebrew word translated reign comes from the word melech or king. 22 times in the King James Version, this word, this Hebrew word is translated reign, A-R-E-I-G-N. It is translated kingdom 46 times, more times, in the, our King James Version. And so it can be translated as reign. It can be translated as kingdom. Have a look back there in 2 Chronicles 11. 2 Chronicles 11, 17. The writer of the Chronicles used this uh, in word to describe the kingdom, not just the reign. 2 Chronicles 11 and verse 17. So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and made Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, strong three years. For three years they walked in the way of David and Solomon. Now, that word kingdom there is exactly the same Hebrew word as the word reign in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And so if we replace the word, the English word reign with the word kingdom, we, our verse would read like this. In the 6th and 30th year of the kingdom of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. Now this kingdom, the kingdom, this, the king that is mentioned here, began when Israel 
and Judah became two separate kingdoms. You know the story. It was in the 36th year of the kingdom of Judah that Baasha invaded. And that would be the 16th year of Asa's reign, just one year after the events of chapter 15, because we read there that the, the events there of the keeping of the feast happened in the 15th year. This was the year after that. This incursion had to be in the middle part of Asa's life because Baasha had, Baasha had to be alive to do it. Uh, he couldn't have done it in the 36th year of, his, of Asa's individual reign because Baasha had been dead for nine years. And so that's one way of explaining um, what is meant here by the 36th year. The 36th year of the kingdom of Asa is when... Um, Baasha invaded Judah. So this is when the incursion took place. So who was this Baasha who invaded Judah? It says, in the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. Now, the Hebrew way of pronouncing his name is probably something like Baasha or Baasha. I'm just going to call him like the Americans. Baasha. Okay, that'll do. He's a baddie anyway. <laughs> Our verse here tells us that it was Baasha, king of Israel, who invaded Judah. Now, strangely enough, this is the first mention of Baasha in, in all of Second Chronicles. You don't hear about him until he arrives invading Judah uh, in chapter 16. In fact, his name is only mentioned four times in the whole of Second Chronicles, and those four mentions are here. Uh, in these verses, in verses 1 to 6, his name is mentioned four times. It's the first time it's mentioned, and it's only mentioned four times. And so all that we learn about Baasha from Chronicles is what happened here when he invaded Judah. He just appears out of the blue as the king of Israel. Baasha was the third king of the northern kingdom of Israel. And if you'd like to go back to First Kings, his story is told in First Kings 15 and 16. So let's, let's see who this guy was and what he was like. Before we look at what he did, let's see what sort of a man he was. First uh, <clears throat> Kings 15 verse 25. A native, the son of Jeroboam, began to reign over Israel in the second year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned over Israel two years. Now, the Jeroboam mentioned here was Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And his name appears over and over again, in, especially in the, in the story of the kings. And he's always sort of the, the standard of evil, <laughs> the standard of sin. Jeroboam, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. If a king followed Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, then he's a bad king. But he became king. Jeroboam became uh, the first king of the separate nation of Israel, the northern kingdom. Ten of the tribes of Israel chose to separate from the house of David and establish their own separate nation, Israel proper. So through the kings, we'll read of Israel proper. That's the ten, ten tribes who followed Jeroboam. Just two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, remained faithful to the house of David. And this was the southern kingdom and it became known as Judah with Rehoboam as its king. 
Now, in the verse I just read, we read that, that when Jeroboam died, his son Nadab reigned in his stead. And Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, began to reign over Israel in the second year of Asa. Now, his reign, Nadab's reign, only lasted two years. It's that, that's worse than an Italian parliament, really. Uh, they don't last very long either. Uh, but Nadab, he's... Uh, his reign only lasted two years and he was just as evil as his father. Have a look in verse 26. And he did evil. This is Nadab in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin. Now you know the story there. Jeroboam made Israel to sin by setting up a counterfeit religion to, to stop his subjects up in the north wanting to visit the temple in Judah in the south. So he set up this counterfeit religion so they wouldn't have to go down and worship Jehovah in Judah. And he set up two idols in the shape of calves, one in the north of Israel and one in the south of Israel. He also hired some crooks to be the priests of this, uh, this new religion. It was a counterfeit religion. And it was to stop his people going to worship in Judah. This was the evil legacy Jeroboam left his nation. This was the evil which his son Nadab also made Abel, uh, Israel to sin. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in his sin. That's the sin of this counterfeit religion, this idolatry wherewith he made Israel to sin. Nadab was no better than his father. Nadab was the second king. Um, of uh, the separate nation of Israel. But he became uh, the victim of a deadly coup. Um, and this coup was led by our man, Baasha. Have a look in verse 27. And Baasha, the son of Ahijah, of the house of Issachar, conspired against him. That's Nadab. And Baasha smote him at Gibbethon, which belongeth to the Philistines. For Nadab and all Israel laid siege on Gibbethon. Even in the third year of Asa, king of Judah, did Baasha slay him and reigned in his stead. You think, thought knifing uh, leaders in the back was just an Australian thing. It, uh, they literally knifed people in the back uh, in those days, their leaders in the back. Um, now, the picture we have here is that uh, this town of Gibbethon was a part of Israel once, but the Philistines had taken it. So King Nadab took his whole army down uh, to uh, Gibbethon to besiege the city to, to take it back from the Philistines. Now, Baasha must have been in Nadab's army. And while he was down there and they were laying siege, he took uh, the opportunity to slay the king. It says he conspired against the king, he killed him, and he took his crown. Now, we might say about Nadab, Good riddance to bad rubbish. This isn't such a bad thing. Nadab's a bad guy. So maybe Baasha did a good thing. Maybe Baasha of the house of Issachar did this for noble reasons. Well, he did more than slay the evil king. Have a look in verse 29 again. And it came to pass when he reigned, that is Baasha, that he smote all the house of Jeroboam. He left not to Jeroboam any that breathed until he had, until he had destroyed him. And uh, there was a prophecy made about this prior to Jeroboam. And so he was just fulfilling the prophecy according unto the saying of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Ahijah the Shilonite, because of the sins of Jeroboam which he sinned and which he made Israel sin by his provocation wherewith he provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. And so he did, he did more than just 
slave king. He brought God's prophesied judgment on the house of Jeroboam. And some might say, well, there you go. See, this Baasha is doing God's work. He's bringing God's prophesied judgment on the house of Jeroboam. So is that how we are to see Baasha? Well, I think not. Because yes, he did rid Israel of the house of Jeroboam, but he didn't get rid of Jeroboam's legacy of evil. He didn't get rid of those idols or that counterfeit priesthood. Have a look in verse 31. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did, are they're not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. And there was war between Asa and Baasha, king of Israel, all their days. In the third year of Asa of Judah began Baasha, the son of Ahijah, to reign over all Israel in Tertzah, 24 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of Jeroboam, and in his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin. Baasha took the crown uh, by conspiracy, by slaying the king and all of his family, but he didn't lead his people back to God but continued in the sin of Jeroboam and Nadab. And that's why we read, it makes sense, why Baasha and Asa never had peace for all of their life. You see, Baasha stands for everything that is against God, whether it's men's power, whether it's, uh, whether it's false religion or just plain evil. Baasha stands for everything that is against God. Asa, though, stands for everything that is good and godly in the world. And there will always be war between the Baashas and the Asas of the world, the good versus the evil, the, those that honour God, that are, against, that are for God, and those who are against God. We ought not to be surprised about that. You know, Jesus warned us not to be surprised if the world hates us. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, of world kind, a worldling, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. We ought not to be surprised if the worldlings hate us who name the name of Christ. We ought not to panic if we find ourselves at odds with worldlings. They are of a different kind, of the world kind. They're the Baashas of the world. And God willing, we are the aces of the world. The picture of the wars between these two different kings should remind us of this very fact that we are always at war with the world. Well, Baasha would eventually fall to the same fault Fate as his predecessors. First Kings 16. Let's have a look at that. First Kings 16, just 1 to 6. Baasha is now the king. He's followed in the same sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And then we read verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jehu, the son of Hananiah. This is not the Jehu who rode furiously. This is a different Jehu, and this one's a prophet. The other Jehu becomes a king. I think he's the son of Nimshi or something. The word of the Lord came to Jehu, the son of Hananiah, against Baasha, saying, This is what the word of the Lord said about Baasha. For as, thou, as I exalted thee out of the dust, he was a nobody, and made thee prince over my people, he allowed him to become the king of Israel, 
and thou hast walked in the way of Jeroboam, and hast made my people Israel to sin, to provoke me to anger with their sins. Behold, I would take away the posterity of Baasha, that's his family, that's his children, and the posterity of his house, and will make thy house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Him that dieth of Baasha in the city shall the dogs eat, and him that dieth in his, of his in the fields shall the fowls of the air eat. Now the rest of the acts of Baasha and what he did and his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Baasha slept with his fathers, was buried in Tertzah, and Elah his son reigned in his stead. So this is the nasty, evil man who invaded Judah in the 36th year of the kingdom of Judah. And so that answers when it happened, 16th year of Asa, and who it was that invaded. It was Baasha, this evil king. But where did this incursion happen? Well, let's go back to our verse, 2 Chronicles 16. 2 Chronicles 16, to the answer of the where. Where did Baasha invade? The 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah. This is where the incursion happened. This first tells us that Baasha came up against Ramah, and it says he built Ramah. Now, Ramah wasn't a border town, and it's a bit hard to sort of work it out because some people say it was and some people say it wasn't, but I think it's probably that it wasn't actually a border town. It was right in the heart of Benjamin. It wasn't a disputed region like the disputed territories in modern-day Israel. There are certain territories on the border and where Israel and the Palestinians or Israel and the Syrians, they dispute that, that particular place. But it wasn't like that this was right, bang smack in the middle of Benjamin, which was a part of the nation of, or the kingdom of, of Judah. Ramah was perhaps a, only 100 kilometres or so to the north of Jerusalem. In the very heart of the tribe of Benjamin, it had been the home of Samuel the prophet while he lived. Well, Baasha led his army due north. It would have been sort of heading for Jerusalem, in the direction of Jerusalem, heading north from his kingdom up there in Israel, over the border of Benjamin, into the very heart of Benjamin. And there it says, when he got to this place called Ramah, he built Ramah. Now, Ramah was already there, of course. It must have been because Samuel lived there. But this, I think, meant that he fortified the town of Ramah. He probably built a wall around it uh, and he had built towers uh, to repel an enemy. He, he, he wanted it to be a place where he could observe people coming from the north, from his country, and stopping them going down to the south. And uh, where he could uh, also, perhaps if he wanted to, invade Jerusalem. So this is where this incursion took place, in Ramah of Benjamin. But why did Baasha do this? Why did he do it? We know, uh, <laughs> we know where he went and where the incursion took place, but why did he go there? Well, it, our text gives the reason, doesn't it? Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent. Here's his reason. Here's his reason why, that he might let none go out or come into Asa, the king of Judah. 
So this uh, verse again tells us the reason why Baasha invaded uh, Judah. <coughs> now, I believe this was Baasha's response to what was happening to Judah at that time. Asa had just become, uh, over 15 years, he'd become strong militarily and he'd also become strong spiritually. Uh, plus, there had been a spiritual revival in Judah, and many um, in Israel had noticed uh, what was happening down there at uh, Judah. They noticed that one of the great feasts of the Lord was being celebrated, and there were all these offerings. And some of the people in, 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 in uh, Baasha's uh, nation, some people in Israel, they wanted to be a part of this revival. Have a look in uh, chapter 15 again, verse 8 to 10. Uh, we read here, chapter 15, 8 to 10. And when Asa heard these words of the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away all the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim. Here we go. The strangers out of Ephraim, that's up in the northern kingdom, and Manasseh, which is in the northern kingdom, and Simeon out of Simeon, Simeon, which is in the northern kingdom, Baasha's kingdom, for they felt him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord, his God, was with them. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. The renewal of this great Jewish feast um, in the refurbished temple <laughs> happened in the 15th year. We learned of Asa's reign, the 15th year of Asa's reign. And many from at least three of the tribes of the northern kingdom had fallen out to Asa to be a part of the revival. I know they were a part of the northern kingdom, but they were still God's people. They were from the tribes of Israel. And maybe they thought, well, this is the renewal of their worship of the true God. This happened in the 15th year of Asa's reign, so it's no surprise in the 16th year of Asa's reign, we read Baasha wanted to stem the flow. All these people were coming, going down to Asa in, uh, in Jerusalem. All these people were falling to Asa and taking up residence in Judah. And Baasha wanted to stem the flow. The main road from Jerusalem to the north passed Ramah. So Baasha took Ramah and fortified it to discourage his people from leaving Israel to settle in Judah. Now, of course, we can see how this uh, thing that was happening down in Judah and a lot of his people going down to settle in Judah and, and to take on board the proper religion. Uh, we can see, I guess, how this may have been a national security issue for Baasha. I suppose we can understand the political reason why he thought he had to do something about it. But there's no doubt there was a more sinister force behind this incursion. You know, Satan hates God and he hates God's people, whether that be Israel or whether that be the church. Baasha was just an instrument in Satan's hand to stop God's people getting right with him. Think about it. What was happening down there in the temple was the true worship with the true priests. The king had a heart for God, a heart perfect with God. And here were people coming from the various tribes of Israel wanting to get right with God. And Satan hates when people, God's people get right with him. Satan wanted to spoil Asa's party by having Baasha invade his land. 
You know, this picture is also true for the spiritual children of God. Satan is never happy to leave a Christian <laughs> alone. He's never happy to leave a Christian alone. If you think, well, you know, I don't think I've had any satanic attacks lately. Well, you may have, but he's never happy to leave us alone. And when he thinks that we, we kind of feel that we're happy within ourselves or that we can do things in our own strength, he's in like a, in like a flash. Satan always wants to spoil God's work in our lives. He's constantly looking for ways to ruin a Christian's life. Remember what the Lord said to Peter. Luke 22, 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan, no less, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. You see, that's, that's what Satan wants to do for all of us. He's looking for an opportunity to bring us down, to have an incursion into our life. This is what the Lord said to Peter, and this is what Peter wrote many years later. He, he gave us this well-known well warning. First Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Those who are in Christ have an enemy of our soul who wants to make incursions into our life. He wants to ruin what God is doing in our lives. He wants to spoil God's work in our hearts and in our, and in our lives. So let's be sober. Let's be vigilant. Let's resist the devil and stop him in his tracks. It's the same, was the same for Asa and for Judah. It was the same for God's people of old and it's the same for us. We need to be aware of the enemy and uh, that he's at war with us. So this answers the four questions about this incursion into Judah. When it occurred, who did it, where he did it and why. Next time, we're going to see what Asa's response was to Baasha's invasion. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do thank you for um, the word of God. And Father, we thank you for the way that what Asa and the, um, the people of Judah had to endure. Uh, Father, that the warring against Satan and his forces, uh, Lord, is uh, ever, ever true today. And I pray that, Father, that we won't be surprised when worldlings hate us or they, want, they don't believe us or they don't want to include us. May that be a badge of honour, Lord, to know that we must be not of this world, not the same as them, but of Christ. Help us, to Lord, to maintain our testimony that we might be able to win some to Christ. Thank you, for it, Lord, for our time in your word. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, could you turn it in your...